Who feels the Spirit of God in this place? Who's ready to hear the Word of God this morning? Because it's my great pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning. Pastor Ian, I remember my first memories or strong memories of Pastor Ian, a, a trip that we went on together to Singapore where um, we shared a room together. <laughs> and I remember it was stinking hot and uh, there was no breakfast. <laughs> we had to raid a stock of um, those, you know, uh, up and go packets to have breakfast in the morning. Um, but it was actually a really exciting time. And it was one of those times when you bond together. You're in a, a strange country uh, we had to preach and teach over there with an interpreter. And it's one of those things, if, if you want a 20-minute message, what you've actually got to do is make a 10-minute message because it takes 20 minutes to deliver. And uh, so in those times, Ian, Ian was the assistant pastor of this, this strange church called Eagle Rise um, at the time. And he is now the senior minister, of course, of C3 Church Salisbury, along with his wife, Sharon. And uh, they do a magnificent job there. Uh, for the last, I don't know, five or six years, I think it is, they've been our Levels Overseers. So they've had a, a keen interest in our, our growth and development here at C3 Nord. So uh, the heart of our church is actually in them as well. And so I, I believe that the word he has for us today is not just, he's not an expert. You've heard the, the definition of an expert is somebody who comes from more than 50 k's away and carries a briefcase. Well, he's ditched the briefcase and I think it might only be 45 k's away. But he has come as somebody who has a heart for not just his church, but for our church as well. So I want you to give a great big warm Nord welcome for Pastor Ian Murphy. There we go. Is that like You can hear me? Yeah. Great. Fantastic. I'm not very good with technology, but I uh, found the switch. That's all good. Hey, it's great to be here. You're looking great. This, every time I come here, there's changes, and change is good because you know there's something happening. There's momentum. There's growth going on, and you, you need to give yourself a little clap there right now, you know. And of course, we want to thank your great pastors, Chris and Vicky. They're amazing guys. Give them a clap as well. You know, we go on uh, quite, as Chris said, we go back a, a fair way and uh, I just love this sense of humour and their generosity and their love for us and uh, you're great pastors. You know, uh, it's kind of like uh, when we get together, they're not only your pastors, they're your spiritual parents because they talk like parents. You know when you got that little kid and you tell everyone how great they are? You know, my kid just did this. They just did Well, that's what they're like with you guys. They love you so much. So you should be proud and uh, feel secure in knowing that you've got great pastors behind you. Amen. So let's do one more clap. Awesome. A great team here. This is awesome this morning, guys. And thank you, Jordan, for proving that men can do more than one thing at a time. Sing in and lead it. So there you go. That breaks that myth, doesn't it? Amen. Thanks, guys. You can take a seat. That's all good. We're in for a good morning. It's an exciting week. Uh, well, month for you, Vision Builders. Us also. We're doing our Vision Builders as well. Uh, it's also exciting for us today because we finished our seven-day fast. <gasps> Lunch is on its way. Yeah. <laughs> I can handle that. Wow, it's great to be here. Love being here. Great people. And I've got to know quite a few over the time. So thank you for having us. Uh, it's, it's 
It's actually got warm in here. Is it, is it, oh, it's the presence of God, presence of God here. That's it, awesome. I'm gonna take my jacket off, I think. That's, uh, I was cold when I came in, but it's all good now. Thanks, Chris. Fantastic. Well, you've been doing an incredible uh, series, The Rock, the Fish, and the Sheep. And I just looked at my notes there, and it actually reads, Rock, Fish, and Sheep. It sounds like something on a menu. <laughs> An interesting dish in itself. But uh, distinctive messages, so it's great that we can build up for this vision builders. So today I'm dealing with the sheep, you know, for your vision builders. You know, Jesus himself was a vision builder. He said, upon this rock, you know, I will build my church. He is the original vision builder, I think, in the sense of what we're doing here. So this morning, I want to bring you a message uh, from John 21, uh, 15 through to 19. And as you're looking in your Bibles, because it's good if we can do that. I mean, you may do it electronically or whatever, but you need to check up. And I'm telling you, what, what I find when I follow people uh, speaking from the Bible, I may have a different translation, and it's quite surprising. Sometimes a little word jumps out that's in your translation, it's not in there. So you could get a little gem there. So be prepared when uh, the scripture comes, have a look at that. So while you're looking up John chapter 21, verse 15 through to 19, I think it's important to give a bit of background to this to give you an understanding. Because when I first read this passage, which I'll read to you in a second, as a young person about... Um, Jesus asking Peter, do you love me and feed my sheep? Uh, I kind of thought it was a hard deal. You know, have you ever read that passage? And you go, why is Jesus asking him three times? Is he hard of hearing or something? Uh, you know, you, you kind of look at it and go, what's the deal here? I could never understand it. But over the last few days, just preparing for this message, I've seen so much in there. I kind of went, blew it out about 15 pages. I thought, I can't do that in 20 minutes. So I've condensed it all. But having said that, don't be impressed by that because I've got size 16 type. So it's like <laughs> three words a page, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's all good. So, okay, well, let's have a look at the background, first of all, to this whole message. You know, there's three major moments in the life of Peter when we look through the scriptures. Matthew 16, 16 which Nathan talked about uh, the other week. Uh, the confession of uh, Peter, you are the Christ, the son of the living God in Matthew 16, 16. Then in Luke, we see uh, the denial, Luke 22, 33. And, uh, you know, here's, here's Peter, like bold Peter. He said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you both in a prison and into death. And he said, I say to you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before you shall deny me three times. So here we are, confession, a denial. And now I want to talk about the restoration because this is what this passage is really about. Peter must have been pretty like, I don't know, how would you feel when you just made a big statement like, I'm ready to die for you, I'm ready to go to prison for you. And then you deny him three times. Well, let's have a look at this passage here. So let's get ready to go here in John chapter 21, verse 15. It says... <clears throat> Then when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said him to a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. 
But when you grow old, you shall stretch forth your hands, and shall, uh, another shall gird you and carry you where you do not wish. He spoke this, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. Let us just pray this morning before I get started. Heavenly Father, I just thank you this morning for your word, for your truth. And God, as we assemble here today, may we be open, God, we, we just want to receive what you have for us. God, we are hungry for your word, hungry for your truth. And I pray, oh God, as I bring these scriptures t- together today, I pray, oh God, it be your voice heard through this and not mine. God, I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the people said, Amen. oh, you can do bigger than that. Amen. Amen. Come on. <laughs> we mean business. Amen. So here we see in this opening passage, you know, we've got to think about it. Jesus has denied Christ. Now, this is the third visit that uh, Jesus has made to the disciples after his resurrection. So there is Peter probably thinking really down, like, oh, my goodness, Jesus, he have denied him. You know, like, I don't know. You know, he probably felt really bad, withdrawn, all those sort of things. And... Uh, but it's because Peter had lost the bigger picture. He'd lost what Christ had called him to. You know, there was the bold statements, you are the rock, you know, and all those things he'd heard, and yet he'd fallen back. He'd lost sight of the bigger picture. You see, when we lose sight of the bigger picture, we lose, we lose our vision, we lose our sight, we lose our call. And here, Peter had lost his call. And when you lose your call, what do you do? You go back to the comfort zone. Peter went back to where it was comfortable for him. He went back to fishing. So when Jesus rocks up on the scene, there he is, fishing with some of the other disciples. Now, he was not called to fish. He was not called to fish for fish, but called to fish for men. You see, um, this wasn't Jesus' plan for Peter, just to fish for fish. Uh, When Jesus first saw uh, Simon Peter, he gave him a prophetic name, which reflected fulfillment of God's plan for him, and he would uh, be a fisher of men, not of anything else. As we know in Matthew 4.19, I'll make you fishers of men. But when we look at this passage here, it's quite interesting to note that we don't actually see, we don't actually see uh, Peter being used at all. You know, his prophetic name was Peter the Rock. But in this passage, we see him addressing him as Simon, son of Jonah. Jesus questions uh, Simon like, uh, Peter like this. He says, Simon, son of Jonah. He doesn't use the word Peter. It's because he was not acting like what he'd been called to. He was acting like his old self. He had lost something there. He'd lost something in that moment. So Jesus refers to him, Simon, son of Jonah. You know, uh, right from the start in John 1.42... When Jesus first meets uh, Simon, son of Jonah, he, he says, you shall be called Cephas, which is another word for Peter. It means rock. It's another word he used there. He said, you shall be. You see, there was a working out of that faith. There was a working out towards what Jesus had called him to. He was not quite there yet. And as you can see, he faltered in going back to fishing. You shall be. Now, that in itself is a prophetic thing. You shall be. This is what Jesus said to him. You shall be. You're not now. You're not quite there. There's things you've got to work through. There's things you've got to go through yet. You have not yet arrived. Hey, we're all like that, right? We're not all arrived. We're still working on things. Let's not be hard on each other. Jesus was not hard on him. He could have come back and said, right, Peter, got words to say to you. You deny me three times, well, I'm back. (laughs) He didn't do that. And some of us can be like that sometimes. You know, we're hard on each other. Hey, we all falter sometimes, but Jesus didn't. He came to restore. 
So we're not there yet. That's what you know, your vision build is all about. This is not, God's got a bigger picture for you guys. This is just not where it's at. This is just a starting place. This is a starting place. And this is what vision build is all about, seeing further than where you are right now. And this is what Jesus had for Peter. Peter had not fulfilled his call. You know, Jesus, it's interesting, Jesus told Peter, I will make you fishers of men. I think Peter kind of got that wrong there, not fishers with men, <laughs> as which he was kind of doing. He was fishing with the men. I don't know if he misheard Jesus there. And so, oh, yeah, I'll be a fishers with men. And, uh, <laughs> but Jesus came on the scene and he realized this isn't the deal. This, you know, he's, Peter's not kind of getting it. He's got so much potential. I see where he's going, but he's just not there yet. You know, Jesus probably thought, okay, he didn't quite get the fishing deal you know, about fishers of men. So let's try another approach. How about I use sheep instead? And, uh, but before he spoke about the sheep, he needs to know where his heart was. He needs to understand exactly where he stood, uh, where Peter stood before Jesus. And um, so we see in this whole passage here, Jesus talking to um, Peter three times. Now, some very interesting things about this when I pulled this apart. So I'm going to unpack it and then put it back together somehow. Uh, stay with me. <laughs> Firstly, you know, we note that Jesus denied, Jesus denied, uh, sorry, Peter denied Jesus three times, right? Did I say the right way? Yeah. Um, and uh, we see here that Jesus gives him an opportunity to make amends for that by confession three times. Yeah. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? But the interesting thing in this is that Jesus was trying to find out the level of love that he had towards him. If you go into your Greek, I know, any Greek scholars here? Good, I can get away with saying words wrongly. That's good. And uh, okay, when in the first passage where it says, uh, Peter, do you love me? Uh, Jesus asked this question, Peter, do you love me? The word he used there, love, in the Greek is agapeo, right? It means the highest form of love. It's like greater than any other sort of love. And you know what it says? Jesus replies, sorry, Peter replies with a different word for the word love. In English, it all looks the same, right? And that's why it's confusing when you see that. You go, why is Jesus hammering him on this? You know, it's like, do you love me? Yes, I do love you. Do you love me? Do you love me? Yeah. And you go, well, it doesn't make sense. But it does when you look at the Greek. Because in the second uh, verse, um, he asks him again. He asks him again, do you love me at the highest degree? And Peter asks... Uh, sorry, answers, he answers, uh, what's the word, filio, which means like a brother. Jesus didn't ask him, do you love me like a brother? He asked, do you love me to the highest degree? But Peter could only answer as a brother. And then he asked him again, same thing, do you love me to the highest degree? Peter returns as a brother. But then you note in the third, third uh, occasion, Jesus goes, okay, I've got this. He, he's probably feeling really bad. How can he actually honestly say he loves me at the highest level when he's denied me three times? He's probably having a hard time. He's come to the level that he can get to. He can go to a level of brotherhood. He can love me like a brother. So I'm going to accept that and I'm going to go with it. Because you'll see the word change in the third time Jesus asks and says, Peter, do you love me? He uses the word filio. And Peter replies, filio. So you can see there he is just meeting him at that point for him. And uh, it's kind of interesting to know, you know, because Peter didn't want to set himself up for failure again, go, yeah, I'm going to love you the highest, and then make a mistake again. So he, he was going to the level he can. And you and I, 
need to know what our level is, and we can go to a whole new level as well. But at each confession of his love, Jesus gave him a command. You know, uh, and there's, there's three things here. Even though in your English you'll read through there, you'll see uh, Jesus asked them, uh, do you love me? And what was Jesus' reply? Feed my sh- lambs, first of all. Now, who's got different translations here? Okay, we got uh, the second occasion. He says, feed my sheep. And the third occasion, he says, feed my sheep. That's what it says in a lot of translations. But you know, in the original Greek, the second line, he actually says, um, shepherd my sheep, not feed my sheep. There's a different word used there. Bosco is the word for sheep in in, uh, Greek. And uh, now how do you say this? Poimahino (laughs) uh, means shepherd. So this is what he says in, in the second time around. He said to him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, not feed my sheep, which you'd have in your translation. It says, shepherd my sheep. Now, there's a whole big difference, I think, in feeding a sheep and shepherding a sheep. You know, when we look at sheep and a shepherd, you know, I was just looking at through what a shepherd does. Not that I've actually done it myself, so I thought I'd better check up on this. A shepherd's responsibility in Israel was a watchman, you know, searching out the rise of possible approaches of danger and, and foes. Uh, a shepherd was a guard, a physician. They had to tend to the sheep, fix them up if they had broken limbs or whatever. It was a saviour. Uh, the shepherd was a saviour. He saves his sheep that are lost. He got looking for the lost one. It was a provider um, feeding of the sheep. He was the lover. He loved his sheep. So we can see there's a whole big deal in what a shepherd did over just translating it, um, feed my sheep. So that was the actual translation in that word. So he just changed it. So Jesus was trying to give Peter a bigger picture of the whole deal here. I, I, you know, first of all, I need to know that you love me. And he's established that now. He says, now I want to know that you can feed the young ones, the lambs. That you can shepherd my people. You can feed my people. Three questions he asked. And, um, you know, to follow Christ, you know, for Peter, it was a call to love Christ, to sacrifice Christ, and to follow him no matter what, to obey. You will follow what you love, you will serve what you love, and sacrifice and give what you love. And I know you are people here today who love Jesus and the church. And this is what this Vision Builders calls us to, a sacrificial point. Vision Builders is about making a financial commitment for your future, motivated out of the love for Christ. It's out of your love for Christ you are motivated to give. You know, we can all be selfish, but when we love Christ and we know what He has done for us, it's quite easy to, be, uh, to give that sacrifice. And because we love Jesus, we make sacrifices for His sheep. We not only make sacrifices for Him, but for His sheep, the people, of course. Sometimes people uh, outside church, they don't understand when we talk about sheep, just to make that clear, it's people. It's not that we've got these sheep somewhere hidden out the back. <laughs> Jesus has a, plock, a flock and he wants... Oh, plop, plop, plop. <laughs> Jesus has a flock and he wants those who love him to feed and shepherd his flock. That is our call. The motivation is love. People who love greatly sacrifice greatly. I remember when we uh, had a vision builders one year and... One lady came to me in tears in the morning, like of this final taken up of, you know, the vision builders. And she said to me, 
He says, I want to give. And I, you know, and I was praying last night about it, and I said, that's good. She goes, well, what I want to give is what I was not expecting to give. You know, God kind of calls you out on a few things. And I said, what do you mean by that? She goes, well, I had a little bit of amount of money put aside to give to the vision builders. But as I prayed, God says, no, you've got more. And she goes, but God, all I have left in my bank account, she was an older lady, is for when I die. I want to make sure I'm taking care of the funeral costs and all that. I put that money aside. And he says, why do you question me? Put that into the offering. And uh, so she took a, a funeral money and put that whole lot in the offering. And I said, wow. I said, you know, that kind of blows you away because she knew it had more purpose right now while she's alive and when she's dead. And she said, God said he would take care of me. And that's the thing God's promised to you and I is he will take care of you. So do not worry. When you get a mouse coming to your head, don't, you, know, you can go tell your wife. <laughs> you, you can reveal these things with confidence because you know that God is who he says he is and he will f- fulfill that. See, wherever there is a need and while we have the ability to, we must respond. Each one of us have an ability to give to look after God's church, after his sheep, his people. That's why God has given you a new center here across the road. Awesome. You know, that's great. That's a starting. You must be so excited because this is momentum. There's something building in this church. And as you, uh, as you believe, see, the thing is, it's believing. Jesus said, only believe and you shall see greater things. And sometimes we're blocked by wanting to believe because it gets scary, doesn't it? Like, what if, oh, you know, and I know even as a pastor, you know, you get excited about the growth and whatever, and then you start thinking about, oh, that means we need someone to do that now, we need someone to do that, 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 and it starts becoming a bit scary. But God will take it at the pace that you can handle. So you don't need to worry about that. God's got everything under control. You know that? You don't have to worry. God has everything under control. I'm glad he has because we always haven't. And, you know, and this is where your vision builders go to, things like this. So you're not building for the people just here now. You're building for the people coming. There are people on their way right now that God is wanting to bring to this church. You know, and we need to thank God for that and say, thank you, God, for those you've given me. We need to be praying for those that he's given you. And I'm telling you, he'll bring them into this place. And uh, that's why you've got to think about expansion. We've got to start thinking, hey, you know, I, when we uh, did a fundraiser years ago for chairs, I said, I want you to buy a chair, not just for you, but for another person that you're praying for. Yeah. So we did this right through the church and we bought 500 chairs. And, um, you know, it's getting people to think like that. Let's not think small. Let's think bigger. You know, we're only on this planet for a short time, aren't we? Let's make use of that time for the glory of God. Amen. You're doing some incredible things here, you know, taking up that call to uh, reach the people, reach uh, all that God has called you to. Fiji, how great is that? You know, you've just come back making huts over there. And this is the whole deal of Jesus investing into Peter and getting him back on track is because he had work for him to do. You know, he had like people to be saved. You know, as you saw Peter coming back boldly in Acts and he stands and 3,000 delivers the word and 3,000 are brought to Christ that day. That is you and I. Each one of us has a voice. Each one of us can do great things when we rise up to the occasion, when we believe bigger, when we do things together. We do things together in a better way. We do things together in a bigger way. You know, it says, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson said, you can't give without loving. Sorry, you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. I'll read that again. You can give without loving, but you can never love 
without giving. So as we look at this passage today, in closing, I just want to say that Jesus wants to hear from you this morning. Do you love me? If you love him, you respond. And the response he required of Peter was to rise up to care for his people. Each one of you can care for somebody. Each one of you should be on board with that whole deal. And this is what Vision Builders is about. It's really about caring of people. It's about reaching out to people. It's about those that need Christ. We're living in a pretty crazy world right now. Everything's changing rapidly. But one thing remains is the love of Christ for his people. And we are those people. I just want you to close your eyes this morning. This morning in this place, you know, <clears throat> I believe God is speaking to certain people about certain things. Firstly, you know, it's about your commitment to Jesus Christ. Perhaps in this place this morning, you've never given your life to Christ, or perhaps you've even given your life, but you've fallen away. And he's saying to you this morning, do you love me? That is a call for us all to respond to this morning. Do you love me? Because God has something, Jesus himself has something more for you in store, but he's got to get that right first. Your response to him will lend to where he takes you in your mission field for him. I wonder this morning if you've ever given your life to Jesus Christ. If you're here today, you've never made that step, saying, Jesus, I love you. You are my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for dying on the cross for me. If you've never done that this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. With every head bowed, eye closed, wherever you are, just raise your hands, and I will see that, and I want to pray for you and pray with you. Or perhaps you may be the person that has once done this and realized, man, I've just been playing Christianity. I've just been going through the motions. I've not taken this seriously. Because when you're serious about it, it changes everything. Or perhaps you're the third kind of person that's just, hey, I'm kind of not sure with all that. Hey, it's great to be sure. It's great to know where you're going. It's great to know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that you will follow him. Because in the end of this verse, it actually gives Peter the assurance that he will not fail again because Jesus reveals to him that one day he will uh, die for him. His arms will be stretched out, signifying the death that he would take on the uh, cross. He didn't leave him within doubt, and Jesus doesn't want you to be in doubt this morning. So if that's you to cross this place this morning, just want to ask you one more time, just raise your hand wherever you are. I just want to pray with you. It's a simple prayer of salvation to bring you into the presence and life of Jesus. If that's you right now across this place, just raise your hand and I'll pray with you. Amen. Amen. Secondly, I want to pray for those that God has challenged this morning. You know, God's always challenging us with something. He tests you with things. He trusts you with things. It's one or the other. And right now, I, I believe He's speaking to people about committing in a bigger way than they ever have for the purpose and the glory of God to this church. And I know you've got a, a Vision Builder Sunday next week, and I can't really want you to really think about that because Together we can only do limited things. I mean, sorry, singly we can only do 
little things, but together we can do incredible things. And God is calling each one of you as a church to rise up and show that love, that motivation He's put within you. Let it just rise up in you and uh, let us see an incredible offering given next week. Let's see, let's be blown away how good God is. And I just want to say this morning, if that's you, just go, God has challenged me or He's challenged me with something bigger than I've, I'm used to. I just want to raise your hand because I don't want you to come out, but I just want you to raise your hand where you are because I want to pray for you because I want you to get, have confidence in this matter. If God has challenged you with an amount that you've never given before and it's bigger than you've ever thought, that's okay. I just want to pray with you that God will actually give you confidence to know that He's going to look after you. You don't have to worry. So if that's you this morning, just raise your hand wherever you are. Amen. See those hands. Great. Awesome. Okay. Let me just pray this morning. Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for Your truth. And God, Your truth, Your Word says that You shall supply our every need. But God, You've called us to rise up, to have kingdom thinking, to put first the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, Your Word says, and all these things shall be added unto You. So we know this morning, God, Your promise to us is that if we give, as You've called us to, that we do not need to worry because You shall supply our every need. And God, this is a test in itself for us to trust You, to show that we love You. Father, this morning I pray for everybody that's raised their hand in this place. That God, You give them that peace of mind, that understanding, that You will be with them through this decision. That God, You're not one that just says something and runs off, but God, You're with us. Because You want to reveal Your miracles. You want to reveal Yourself in those miracles. Father, we thank You this day. And we give you all the glory and all the power in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen. Thank you, guys.